Greetings to everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes you just heard are, as always, courtesy of the amazing Bobby Mackey, and I, of course, am your host, Tessa Morrow. Today I have Becky McKitty Guideson joining me. She was born in Toledo, Ohio, where she lived in a haunted home with her mother, grandparents, and aunt. She was always aware that there was more out there and respectful towards it. Later, as an adult, she lived in a haunted apartment. She was curious about what she had been experiencing from a young age, but was told these things were not to be talked about. One day, as she was flipping channels, she came across the show Ghost Hunters. Here was a group of people searching for the answers she also wanted to find. She became an instant fan of the show. From there, everything seemed to fall into her lap. Becky bought the Tucson Ghost Tour rights in 2013 and was able to start the Tucson Ghost Company. She was able to form the nonprofit investigational team Tucson Ghost Society and started her very own podcast, Everything Under the Moon. Becky's passion has always been to bring Tucson's haunted history to light. Outside of the paranormal, her interests include Disney, animals, and spending time with her children and husband. Becky McKitty Guideson, welcome to the Paranormal Prowlers podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, me too. Me too. I've been wanting you on the podcast, and so this just works perfectly. Well, that's great. I'm glad. (laughs) So you lived in a paranormally active home as a child. How old were you when you noticed that something just wasn't right or something was off? And what were some of the things that you experienced while living in this home? Well, basically, I was born and raised in this home. It was in Toledo, Ohio, and it was built in the 1800s. I want to say 1880, but I'm not 100% positive on that. Growing up, it wasn't necessarily really having experiences like seeing things or hearing things. It was more of the feeling of don't go in that area. Oh, yeah. It was this one area, like I said, it was an old-fashioned house. So off the kitchen was a door. And that door, when you opened it up, to the left were stairs that led you down to the basement. Straight ahead were the stairs that led you to an upstairs bedroom and an attic. And then to the right was the door that led to my aunt's bedroom. And after night, you know, once it got dark, I just did not like going past that door. I I was scared to death to go past those doors. And whenever my aunt would work overnight and whenever my, you know, mom or grandparents would say, go wake up your aunt. Oh, I swear I would knock faster and open that door faster than I ever moved in my entire life. I needed 
going in that area. I just did. Yeah. Oh, bless your heart. I'm always curious when people live in a haunted home and they experience so many different things or like that dread fulfilling, like you felt, been there before too. Did you by any chance, now I know as a child you lived there, but later on, did you ever think of looking up the history on this house and maybe something not so good happened there? You know, I have tried to look into a couple of the places I lived in. Unfortunately, I haven't found a lot of information. The only thing I really found on the house that I was raised in was that it was built in the 1800s, and there was like maybe one or two families that lived there before us. So it wasn't even a lot of people that lived there before us. So I didn't find anything tragic, in all honesty. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry you went through that as a kiddo. Yeah, it was difficult. And, you know, like I said, though, it was just in that one section of the house. The other sections I felt, you know, pretty at ease. And But what I really found out that confirmed that it was haunted was when we left the house and we knew the people that had bought our house and they moved in. And years down the road, you know, once I started kind of talking about the paranormal more and uh, getting into it, I kind of made a post on my Facebook just kind of asking, do people believe in ghosts? Have you ever had, you know, paranormal activity in your home? You know, just out of curiosity. Yeah. And this person was on my Facebook page that had bought my house and made a comment, well, you know I have. And I kind of went, hmm, I kind of knew what she was talking about, but I was, you know, wanting to confirm. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, your old house, it was completely and totally haunted. And I was like, okay, that just confirms it. And I asked what kind of activity she had. And in those areas I didn't like going in, they would have things being thrown across the room. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. So I guess there was a definitely good reason for me not to like those areas. (laughs) Yeah. And so how old were you when this was all happening? Well, I was born in the house, and I lived there until I was 14. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so basically grew up in a haunted house, and then (laughs) later on ended up in a haunted apartment, so. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the experiences at the apartment. Well, that one, I would honestly say, is the first time I had any major type of experience. At first, it was just that dreaded feeling again, like Mm. I had growing up in that house. This time, though, which was really sad, it was focused more on the bathroom. So I'm not sure if, like, something happened in, like, the tub area. I Mm. I tried so hard to research, but I couldn't find anything. But late at night, whenever, you know, I would have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I swear I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And I was always just scared to death. So, like, I kept the curtain closed, and I would be scared to death to have that curtain open in the middle of the night. I didn't want to see the tub. I didn't want to look towards the tub. It was just something that I just did not feel comfortable with. And it it was scary. I mean, I never felt that scared before in my life. And at that point in time, of course, I didn't know anything about the afterlife or the paranormal. But what ended up happening was just those feelings got more and more intense And now looking back, I think I understand the situation. I think the spirit knew that I could sense it and that made it angry because I wasn't 
communicating and doing anything. But what ended up happening was they broke one of my pictures. What? Oh, no. Yeah, they literally broke one of my pictures. And I was home. Now, I'm a claustrophobic person. This is something that, you know, people don't always know. I don't like small enclosed spaces. I would rather be in, you know, big rooms. I always try to make, you know any room I'm in more spacious and things like that because I don't like the claustrophobic feeling. Gotcha. And in this apartment, it was a three-bedroom apartment, and the living room was huge, and the dining room was kind of attached to it, and you would think that that's where I would spend all my waking hours. No, I spent it in the smallest room in the apartment, which was the third bedroom, because it was the only room I felt like I wasn't being watched in. Yeah. And so this one night... I'm sitting in this little bedroom. We had it set up as like a little guest room with like a little futon and a TV in there. And I'm in there with my one daughter who was maybe two at the time. And I heard this loud crash. And I was like, what was that? So I left the bedroom to go investigate. And my apartment kind of did this circle. And so by the time I circled back around to my living room, I noticed a bunch of glass on the floor and a picture on the floor. And it was, I I had my living room done in dolphins and it was like a dolphin poster type thing that had fallen out of the frame. The glass from the frame was broken on the floor. But then when I looked, the frame was still on the actual wall, but it was flipped. Oh, wow. Like you could see the little things that you hang. I, would, I don't know what you call those, but the little thing that you hang the pictures on yeah. was facing out. Oh, weird. Yeah, that got my curiosity right there. Because I was like, how does a picture flip itself? Yeah. That's, that's what made me go, what just happened? Right. And and so, of course, I cleaned up the glass because, you know, like I said, I had, you know, a little kid at home. I didn't want them, you know, getting into the glass. Yeah. But I kept the frame on the wall. And the reason for that was because my ex, every time I told him there's something going on in this apartment, it's haunted, something is wrong here, he kept telling me I was insane. He was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Mm. You know, it was just because you watched a scary movie or something, which I don't watch scary movies, but... He kept telling me I was crazy. And so I left the frame as it was. He got home from work that night, and I directed him to the living room, and I said, if this place isn't haunted, explain that. And he (laughs) goes, why did you flip it? And I'm like, I didn't flip it. (laughs) And he's, like, looking around, and he sees that, you know, we have the window, and it was open a crack. He goes, oh, the wind did it. I'm like, the wind flipped a picture. Okay. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that was like my first major experience that really got me curious to why, you know, how. (laughs) I I couldn't explain it. And to this day, I still, I mean, the only possible reason would be paranormal activity for that to happen. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. That's funny. He asked why you flipped it. Uh, dude, I didn't. (laughs) Like, why would I do something like that? (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to flip my own picture and break it on the wall. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. So as we see with many people, you were told things like the paranormal and supernatural are not something to be talked about. Becky, when did you find your paranormal voice? Was it in that apartment where you're like, no, I'm going to talk about this. It's okay to talk about this. 
you know, in all honesty, no, because after that had happened, basically my ex again kept just saying, you're crazy, you're Mm. crazy, you know, nothing. So I basically learned to just keep it to myself. I was curious, but I didn't talk about it. I was just like, okay, mom's the word. And I did have other experiences after that too, but I just wanted to talk about it. And to be quite honest with you, I didn't start talking about it until I was, you know, with my husband now and we were flipping channels one day and he's just flipping away, trying to find something to watch. And we see the show ghost hunters. And right away I was just, I got curious about it and I'm like, Hey, can, can we watch this for a few minutes? And he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) And we started watching it and I was like, Oh my goodness. People talk about this. It's on TV. People know about it. And so after the show, because we went, ended up watching the whole thing, and after the program was over, I kind of, you know, that shy little voice, you know, going, um, so do, do, do you believe in ghosts? I, I, I literally think I stumbled on it because Aww. I was ashamed and embarrassed to ask. No. And yeah. he, he literally came out and said, oh, yeah, I had an experience. And that just made me feel so, like, relaxed. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm not insane. You know? <laughs> right. And, Absolutely. And that's what literally started it all. From there, it just it kind of tumbled into everything else. That's awesome. It does, so does he go on investigations with you? Does your husband dip his feet in the paranormal with you? He does. Uh, nice. Not... Not all the time, though. He is definitely, he has had experiences, but he is definitely very, very, very skeptic. After the experiences he's had, I guess things don't measure up to, you know, his standards sometimes, uh-huh. which is funny, and it makes him sound, you know, kind of like a, like a non-believer, but he does believe he's just more skeptic. It's not his thing, though. So he will basically help me out when needed. But if I, you know, don't need him somewhere, he's happy to stay behind. So, yeah, no, that's that's nice, though. Seems like a much better atmosphere and situation than with your ex, who is just trying to convince you that you were crazy. Yeah, pretty much, which is really funny, because now since he's my ex, he's apparently talked about the paranormal and has admitted to things being haunted now. So I'm like, really, where was that back then? (laughs) Right? Seriously. (laughs) Oh, boy. So I know I'm kind of like you when it comes to that watching TV. And I don't even remember what show, but I was just like, you know, why I've always been interested in the paranormal since I was crawling. I was obsessed with graveyards. And so I was like, why am I not doing something like that? Like I was going to these places like Alcatraz and Winchester House and other places that are severely haunted without tools just because I really, you know, had that fascination and curiosity and wanted to go. And I'm like, what's stopping me? And I'm like, well, me, I'm stopping me. Why am I not doing that? I'm passionate about it. So let me jump on board And I've been doing it ever since, probably like 12, 13 years now. I totally enjoy it. I was like, you know, a lot of the shows, not Ghost Hunters, but a lot of the shows, though, are very inappropriate or anger the spirits. And I'm like, so I don't do that, obviously. And I'm sure you don't either. You know, that's like my number one rule. I always tell people, because a lot of people do compare what we do to television. Yeah, yeah. And one of my main things that I always say is it's nothing like television, and you do not want to mock what they do on television. (laughs) 
Right. Well, and I always have to kid around and say some of the shows, like, you know, these supposed seasoned investigators, they'll scream or shriek and run and flip out when they hear something. And I'm like, what? I was like, oh, first of all, you're tainting the evidence. Second of all, what did you expect was going to happen? You're investigating the paranormal. (laughs) Yeah. There are a couple shows I do watch, the paranormal, 911, you know, like shows like those, just because like a lot of first responders, a lot of people sharing their experiences and what have you. But yeah, when it comes to the actual teams investigating, I'm like, I just had to stop. It was too much. (laughs) Yeah. You'll notice that as an investigator, you end up yelling at the TV more than you end up watching the show. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. I absolutely agree. So... Becky, let's talk a bit about Tucson Ghost Tours and Tucson Ghost Company. Okay, sure. I'll be happy to. That was something that actually fell into my lap. It's amazing because, like I said, everything just kind of came together, so to say. As soon as I started looking into the paranormal, you know, once I knew that, you know, my husband wouldn't think I was crazy and insane. Uh, yeah. And I, I got curious and I was like, you know, I, I want to, you know, do a ghost tour. I want to do a ghost hunt. I, I wanted to, you know, do something. And when I did, I found these tours in Bisbee. I did this tour in Bisbee and I met the tour owner and it was actually a ghost hunt. I can't say it was an actual tour. It was a ghost hunt that I did. And it was really amazing because we did this ghost hunt and, you know, they handed out, you know, I think it was K2s that they used. And it was really cool because the only time there was activity that picked up was when I was talking. Oh, wow. So it was, it was like the spirit was attracted to me. The, The spirit liked me. And, you know, I felt like I was picking up the whole ghost hunt, you know, by asking questions. So I would get quiet. And nothing would happen. Everyone else would talk, but nothing would happen. So everyone's like, talk more. more." (laughs) And I was like running out of things to ask and say. I was like, I don't even know what I was saying anymore. I was just babbling because everyone wanted me to keep going because I was the one getting the activity going. Right. And so I, I was just like, I was so amazed by that. And then what was really funny was after we finished that, we decided to go to the Copper Queen to get, you know, a drink before heading home. And there was Mark and Debbie Constantino there. They mm. were doing their own ghost hunt at the Copper Queen. Oh, wow. And by this time, you know, I was watching every paranormal show there was because of the fact that I was curious and I wanted to know more. Yeah. So I had recognized them from being on Ghost Adventures. Right. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I Debbie came out into the hallway and I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And, you know, she mentioned that they were doing a ghost hunt. And if we wanted to, we could, you know, join. Aww. Of course, it cost money. But, you know. Yeah. So I was with two other people that night. And so I said, you know, hey, guys. Can, can we do this? I was like so excited. I was like, I really want to do this. And so they're like, yeah, sure. Why not? So we did not have plans to stay the night in Bisbee. <laughs> so we joined Mark and Debbie and Aaron Goodwin's sister and dad was also there. Uh, and we did this ghost hunt with them at the Copper Queen. I think it ended at like 2 a.m. And so at like 2 a.m. we're driving back to Tucson. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> But it was such an experience. It was so yeah. much fun. That just that got me even more passionate about it. 
And so I started reading like a ton of books about it that just really opened up my eyes going, oh my God, I love this. And when I was reading one of the books from the person that did the stuff down in Bisbee, I read that she did the Tucson Ghost Tour. And I was like, Tucson Ghost Tour? I've never heard of this. I live in Tucson. I've never (laughs) heard of this. Yeah. So I contacted her and I said, hey, I want to do this. You know, sign me up. I want to go on the tour. And she goes, well, I'm not running them anymore. And I'm like, well, why not? I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, I don't have anyone to work for me anymore down there. And I'm like, I'll do it. I'll work for you. Oh, wow. And she's like, well, you know, I actually don't want to run them anymore. I'll just sell you the rights to the tour. And I was like, wow. excuse me? And she's like, yeah, I'll just sell it to you. You can run it. It'll be your own company. And I was just like, what? That's incredible. <laughs> I was like stunned because here I am at that point in time. I'm a mother of four. Okay. And, and, and my youngest is literally like a year old and I'm in college full time taking zoology. Oh, cool. And all of a sudden I get this offer to run a business, <laughs> which I have never done in my life ever. I have never done business at all in my life. And I was like, okay, let me think about this. And I talked to my husband about it. And this is how cool my husband is. (laughs) I said, I have this opportunity to run this ghost tour. What do you think? And all he did was look at me and go, is it going to make you happy? And I said, I think it will. And he goes, then buy it. Oh, that's awesome. So the next thing I know, I have the Tucson ghost tour. Uh, The Tucson ghost tour is a walking tour of downtown Tucson. I have changed it. I have improved it. It's really awesome because once I started doing them from the script she had, I met so many people and people were telling me new stories, different stories. And I got to add on a couple locations because LACO, which I consider my home base, somebody contacted me. I don't even know how they got my information, to be honest with you. Somebody contacted me from there saying, you got to check out our place. It's so haunted. And I went there, and that's where my tour start, and that's where my ghost experience is, because they basically gave me a key and said, here, you can do ghost hunts here. Wow, like, that's cool. awesome. So it just, it, it literally all fell into my lap. It literally did. And so I've been running the Tucson Ghost Tour and the Tucson Ghost Experience for the past 10 years. You know, has its times where it's just, it's insane, literally insane, and then times where it's slower. But I love it. It's totally awesome. I Lawco has been so sweet and kind to me this whole you know time. They are very haunted. They're part of the original Presidio Wall that was here in Tucson. Ooh. Uh, so lots of activities. You know, dates back to 1775. You know, that we're aware of. Before then, who knows what happened? But 1775 is when they you know built the Presidio. So it's been around since then. One of the buildings there has definitely dated back to the 1880s we know for sure lots of activity very cool those two things just fell in my lap and then I started my team shortly after getting my company and that kind of fell in my lap too because I had contacted a paranormal team out here because I knew running these tours and everything I would get a lot of questions and you know people coming to me with paranormal concerns and I Even though I've had experiences my whole life, I didn't feel like I was capable of giving them answers or investigating. 
also I wanted to find a team where I could refer them to a good team. The team was TAPS related, so I knew from Ghost Hunters that, you know, it was a pretty good popular, you know, thing and what they lived by. And when I contacted this team, I didn't expect it, but they made me a member. Oh, cool. So I trained with them, and I learned everything they knew and what to do and what not to do. And then we had a case that came up that I was referred to through my company, which was the Bum Steer out here in Tucson. It's no more, which is so sad. But it was an old, like, college bar hangout and restaurant, and it was really cool. People were telling me it has, you know, huge paranormal activity, you know, come investigate, check it out. And I went and I checked it out, you know, just interviewing the people. And it called to me, that building. I, As soon as I walked in, I knew this was something I wanted to investigate. And so I asked the team I was on to investigate it. But they didn't have the time. They didn't, you know, they couldn't do it because, you know, multiple reasons. Mm. And so I was just like, I I literally dreamt of this building. Have you ever had like that where you you just dream of the building like you want to go there so bad? Oh, yeah. 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 And and that's how it was. I would literally dream of this building. So I kind of contacted the team lead of the, you know, other team. And I said, look, I don't want to step on any toes, but I really need to investigate this building. It's literally calling to me. I need to investigate it. Do you mind if I do it on my own? And the guy was like, no, go ahead. He goes, in fact, I'll stop by, see your setup, make sure you're good to go. And I was like, okay, that's cool of you. (laughs) So I got a couple people that were interested in doing it. And uh, we went and did this case. And right after we did this case is when I found out the other team was basically just doing their own thing and not really going to be a team anymore. So they were all for me starting my own team. So that's where that developed from. It wasn't planned at all, but it yeah. ended up happening. Wow. And let me tell you, Bumpster was cool. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, that's a bummer that's not there anymore. Yeah, then I was so upset. It went up for sale, and I wanted to buy it so bad, but, you know, money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they want this thing called money, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not made of that. It ended up being a homeless community, and the homeless ended up catching a fire it ended up burning pretty bad and I guess it just wasn't where it could be saved and it ended up being torn down now the property itself is still up for sale but it's kind of not in a best of neighborhoods anymore so yeah I don't know if I'd even want to try to rebuild but again you know money (laughs) right oh yeah that's a shame that it was up in flames yeah it's yeah it, I I think I cried the day that it happened because no. I was like, oh my god. Well, that's awesome. I I, that yeah, no, it sounds like it. Well, that's uh, that's so awesome that before that happened, you were able to go in and conduct your own investigation. That's that's neat that you had that place to yourself, basically. Well, I know you said uh, some people ended up going with you, but yeah, it's that's yeah. that's yeah, awesome. I, I, I think there was just two other people at that point in time, and then, like, the uh, manager ended up staying. But mm. other than that, you know, it and it was a huge building, and there's only, like, maybe maybe four of us in the building at that point in time, so. That's really neat. So what kind of things happened during that investigation? I, I'll never forget this, because 
this is like the first time I've had things follow me home. Mm. I was sitting, there's like a table, and we're sitting at the table, and they had old wooden floors. It was wooden floors. And so you could hear footsteps because of the wooden floors. And we're sitting at this table, and you can hear, it was definitely boots, because it was Mm. like heavy sounding. Yeah. And you could hear these boots walking up towards us. And we're sitting there, and we're talking, we're asking questions. And it was hot because there's like in the middle of July, there's no air conditioning. No. And anyone that's familiar with Arizona, <laughs> it gets to be 112 degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gets hot. At nighttime, it's still like, you know, 90 degrees out. And I have my hair up in a ponytail, getting it off my neck. And I feel something on the back of my neck. And I was like, and my first reaction, and everyone makes fun of me for this, is there a bug? I hate bugs. I hate bugs. So my first reaction is, oh, my God, there's a bug on me. And so my co-lead, uh, she was with me on this very, in, you know, first investigation. She looks, you know, she takes the flashlight and looks, and she's all, there is no bugs on you. There's no bugs near you. And I'm like, oh, well, then maybe it's my hair. Maybe my hair fell out of my ponytail. And when we play back the EVP, right when I said, well, maybe it's my hair, we get, no, it was me. Oh, wow. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. That No, It Was Me was a guy's voice, and that was the spirit that ended up following me home. Mm. And I swear he followed me around for I don't know how long. And the reason why we would know that he was following me everywhere was because every investigation we would go on, we would hear his voice. And there was, I don't know, kind of like a bell, like a charm or something, like a chime that would happen that we got at Bum Steer, and it would happen in the other locations too. So it'd be like this little chime in his voice that we would get everywhere I would go, even in my own house, we would get that. So I don't know why the chime, I, I never figured that out. But, you know, definitely his voice. And it was definitely a voice that, you know, you recognized it was the same voice for sure. Oh, boy. And so, sounds like a chime. Do you think it possibly could have been, you know, like a boot spur? Like, you know. I never thought of that. You know, because I I think in Arizona, definitely. Yeah, you never know. Because I go to Arizona every year. And I you know, go, you know, like in Tombstone, you hear that you like people are wearing their reenactment clothing or whatever, a lot of boots. And you hear that some of them have the spurs and you hear that sound. It's this distinct sound, but maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's not a chime at all, but maybe it's a spur. Yeah. I never even thought about that. To be honest with you, I never did. So that's a good point. Yeah. Because I definitely knew that it was like boots that we were hearing because of how heavy it was. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. I want to try to find one of those and re-listen. <laughs> right. I don't even know where they're located now, but I save all my EVPs, but I put them on disk because my computer gets overloaded, so. Yeah, I hear you. I would, I would have to try to find one of those disks now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> be definitely something to, to look into, or if not, at least, like, go online and like even YouTube, just like listen to videos 
of, you know, like boots with spurs and like, you know, just like maybe close your eyes and envision and probably like me, certain EVPs that are your favorites. And I'm not saying this one's your favorite because the guy was attached to you, but it's kind of ingrained in your head. So even though you haven't heard it in a while, that sound is still there. You know how it sounds exactly, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, Because that never just, that never even registered with me. I just always thought it was weird that there was this little weird noise that was always associated with, you know, this guy. My kids actually nicknamed him Richie. (laughs) So, because everyone saw him, everyone, you'd see his shadow in my house and pretty much everyone saw him. So, wow. So how did you finally get rid of Richie? Did you have to have somebody come over? Did you have to get a cleansing or a blessing? Or how did you get rid of your attachment, Becky? I honestly don't know. I think he got tired of being blamed for everything. (laughs) He's like, I'm out of here. (laughs) I'm out of here. The kids keep blaming me for everything. Literally, they did. (laughs) Oh, I bet. I bet. (laughs) How convenient. (laughs) I I have a house of four daughters at that point in time. I don't anymore. But... And they ranged from the age of, like, 2 to, like, 14. So anytime anything would break, Richie did it. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. So I I think he just got tired of being blamed for everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and these days, like, I talk to people about attachments, and I'm curious how they got rid of theirs because when I had mine, I had to go see somebody, and it, it, you know, took a while to get rid of him. But... You know, so many cases now people are like, oh, yeah, I just said I stood my ground and I said, you need to leave. You are not welcome here. You're not invited. I respect you. You respect me and leave me alone. And 99% of the time it worked. And I was like, huh, I never even thought of trying that. (laughs) Yeah, I've had to do that with other things that have followed me home. But with Richie, you know. I honestly don't know. Hmm. He was with me for the longest time. I didn't mind because he wasn't like, he wasn't anything bad. I think he was kind of like protecting me. Yeah. So I didn't really mind, but he just, I don't know. Like I said, I always tease that it was my kids, but (laughs) maybe he finally got what he needed. Who knows? But he just kind of disappeared one day and I was kind of like, hey, where did you go? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Interesting. So I know you mentioned one EVP, that being from Richie. I am an audio gal all the way. I'm sure you are too. You know, like all evidence is awesome, but just those special EVPs, those voices of the dead, they are all amazing and one of a kind. And I just get so excited so many years later when I get them. So can you talk about some of your most favorite and memorable EVPs that you have captured throughout the years? Uh, yeah, definitely that first one, because that yeah. was like my first major one where it's like, it was me. And that, that sent shivers down my spine so bad when I heard that. I bet. And now it's like so cool, but for the first time hearing something like that and them answering you and knowing that they interacted with you, that's like, that's an intense thing. That is so yeah. cool. I've had some that have been very nice and I've had some that have been not so nice and some that are smart ass yeah and the one that I remember that really sticks out to me was a smart ass <laughs> and I had done a residential case they complained about a shadow figure 
in this one back section of their house and the little girl was the one that was like I don't like that shadow figure I want that shadow figure gone and so I went back to that area and I was investigating now I have to kind of fill you in on what happened at first when I got to the residential case I had to explain to the people that they were going to probably hear me coughing but I was not sick it was just my allergies I get really bad allergies sometimes out here in Tucson Mm. and they will make me start throwing a coughing fit sometimes I will like cough I will sniffle but I'm not sick it's just my allergies yeah so I just wanted to let them know that you know I did not come into their house sick you know I respected them I wouldn't do that you know, I apologized ahead of time. You know, if I throw a coughing fit or whatever, it's just my allergies. I do apologize. So I'm in this back area and I'm starting to feel sick and it's not allergies. It's like a sick to my stomach and just feeling horrible. And so I'm like looking around and I'm like, is there a scent, a smell, something that made me start to feel sick? You know, I'm, I'm trying to get down to the bottom of what it could be. And I'm looking around and I'm saying, you know, is there something here? Is there, you know, something that's bothering me? And I just, I couldn't find anything that would affect me to make me sick. So I did end up stepping away. And my husband did go with me on this case. And I stepped away from the area. And my husband, being as smart as he is, he goes, you know, you can't just step away. You're going to have to go back and face whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, I know, you're right. (laughs) So I went back to the area, and right away, again, I felt sick. So it was only that area. Mm. And so at that point in time, I said, you know, whoever you are, whatever you are, you are not allowed to be here. You are not allowed to make me feel sick. You are not allowed to, you know, scare this little girl. They do not want you here. You need to leave. I stopped feeling sick. And the little girl and the whole family said that they never saw that shadow figure after that. Oh, wow. And, yeah, so they were, like, so thankful to me. They still thank me to this day for that. Mm. But it was nothing. To me, it was something natural that I I had to do and I knew to do. But when we got home and we played the EVPs, when I'm asking, what is making me feel sick? You know, because I'm sitting here trying to figure it out. Yeah. I got a clear as day. EVP that said maybe it's your allergies. Oh, wow! And I was like, I was like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so that spirit, you know, of course, was listening to me since the moment I walked in the door. Right. And since I, you know, was telling the family, you know, I'm not sick; it's my allergies. That's how they responded to the, you know, what's making me sick. I was just like, I was amazed because I was like, it was a full out sentence, maybe yeah. it's your allergies. And I was just like, wow. And the way it was said was actually even said, you know, said in like that little smart ass tone. Yeah. That was amazing. I was yeah. just like, okay, I, I was dealing with a smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I've had my fair share of smart asses too. And you just can't help but laugh. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's the bullies of the afterlife. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's that's really funny. It's like, uh, yeah, no, dude, I think it was you, not the allergies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, absolutely. Gotta love EVPs. To me, those are gold. 
Yeah, and that's where you get most of your evidence. Absolutely. During investigations, I always have my recorder on. Like, I'll stop so it's not just, like, you know, several hours of one thing. It's different sessions. But, yeah, I if I had to go somewhere and I could only bring one tool with me, that would be the recorder. Because you're right, it captures everything. It captures the whole investigation, the emotions, the sounds, just everything about it. And so... Uh, you know, some things that you don't catch. And so, yeah, definitely besides your body and brain, that's the most important tool in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would definitely always, I don't always take like my DVRs and things like that, but the recorder is definitely something that I always have with me. Right. Except for today with me. So on a side note, everybody, (laughs) Becky and I were on the phone and for several minutes, I was scrambling. I was like, geez, I already packed all my stuff for my road trip. And I don't have my recorders with me. So I'm like searching everywhere, (laughs) apologizing. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. No worries. But the rare time I don't have my recorder. (laughs) Things happen. That's what I (laughs) I'm so used to technical difficulties and things happening that it is literally no big deal to me so (laughs) (laughs) well I appreciate you being uh, patient so in August Becky you've actually got something very exciting going on and I feel so bad because I've just was so honored that you asked if I could be a part of it and just because of the time of year I was I had to say no but talk about the first annual Tucson Paranormal Convention coming up Yes, I am beyond thrilled with this, (laughs) to be honest with you. So the first annual Tucson Paracon, this is something I actually have been wanting to do for years. I can't even tell you. I, I think basically since I started my company, I've been wanting to do something like this. Tucson gets overlooked a lot. Uh, yeah. Out West gets out, you know, overlooked, but definitely Tucson. When people think hauntings, they're thinking Jerome, they're thinking Bisbee, they're thinking Tombstone. Tucson doesn't come to their mind. Yeah. But Tucson has so much history and paranormal history that I wanted to bring attention to Tucson and honor our paranormal history. And I found people to work with me. I was so excited. I am working with Spark Project Collective. It's a tattoo shop nonprofit out here that also does the nonprofit Four of Wands. Hmm. And then Nexus Occult Bookshop and Oddities. So the four of us have gotten together. Um, It's Andrew, Johnny, Natalie, and myself. We've been in meetings after meetings since probably January. And we've come together with this awesome idea and we got it in motion we're having this year a one-day paracon at the fox theater and we're having chris williams from ghost hunters as our main uh, guest speaker and a vip ghost hunt with her at the fox after the the lecture convention it's an all-day thing it starts at 11 a.m it's going to go to about 8 p.m And then the ghost hunt's going to go from 9 p.m. to midnight. And we're having seven guest speakers in total. That's including Chris. And we're going to have, like, little vendor areas and tables. The vendors is already sold out because there wasn't a whole lot of room. So between the authors we're having there, 
and our tables and you know chris and they're doing actually tattoos there too they're going to do like ghost tattoos and stuff like that cool yeah so it's that section's already sold out for the vendors but we're going to have like you know this little vendor area then we're going to have the speakers go on people talking about ufo bigfoots paranormal experiences and then the q a with chris it's going to be so awesome i'm just so excited it's the one day event right now, but in the future, we are actually hoping to do a full weekend. So we're going to want, you know, probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we're going to have like all day things going and, you know, a bunch of guest speakers. So this is kind of our miniature get our foot in the door and see what works and what doesn't work this year. Right. Uh, but it's so exciting. It's August 19th. It's at Fox Theater. Fox Theater is so awesome. They are completely haunted. I've investigated and worked with them many times in the past. And there's one thing that stands out the most to me with Fox Theater. And that was during right past COVID where they were starting to allow you to do things, but you still had to be in small groups. The Fox was, you know, closed down, of course. They couldn't do concerts and stuff because you couldn't have the big crowds. Right. So they decided to do small ghost hunts to bring in some money during that time. And so I was conducting these small little ghost hunts, and it was like, I think, 10, 13 people at the most. I know it wasn't huge. And I remember because Fox had been closed down for a year and a half, two years, you know, that COVID stuff took place. Yeah. So I think the spirits were kind of bored. They had no one, you know, there around. So while we were doing these ghost hunts, they were very active, you know, because they were like, hey, people again. (laughs) And there was one night in particular, and I had control of the lights and everything. I knew what I, you know, how to turn them on, how to turn them off. And I noticed the entire night, that the lights were dimming and then getting brighter, dimming, getting brighter. And I'm like, okay, they don't do that. I'm in control of the lights. They're not supposed to do that. (laughs) So I was like, you know, they're drawing their energy from these lights. So the public left and I had two people with me to help me out that night. And I said, let's hang back for a few because they're being active tonight. They're wanting to do something tonight. And so we're each sitting in different sections of the theater and I'm towards the back on the left-hand side. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I have a feeling you guys want to, you know, communicate or do something. We're here, you know, we're going to hang out for a few. Let us know what, you know, what you want, if you want to just talk or what. And I'm sitting in my seat, and all of a sudden, from behind me, I get this huge tug on my shirt. Mm. Like it almost felt like they were tugging my shirt off. Like they were like trying to tear it off or something. It was the biggest hug I've ever felt. And of course it's pitch black. There's nobody behind me. There's only three of us in the entire theater and no one was near me. Yeah. Of course I jumped up and I said a few choice words. (laughs) (laughs) And so the people that were with me, uh, my colleague May was one of them. They're like, what, what? And I'm like, oh my god someone just tugged on me so hard it freaked me out and I had to show them how hard I got tugged on and they're like wow that was hard and I I apologized to the spirit for cursing at them (laughs) Uh, 
But that, that just stands out so much to me because I'm yeah. like, that was like the hardest time I've ever gotten tugged on. And it was at the Fox Theater. And of course, I've had other things happen there, too. But I just I remember that that stands out so much. And, you know, everyone always is like, well, you know, that scared you. And I'm like, it didn't scare me. It shocked me. Yeah. You know, I'm like, there's a difference between being scared and being shocked. Right. And, you know, that's what I always tell people. I don't get scared of it. I get shocked by it, you know, because then after it happens, you're like, okay, that was cool. Do it again. Yeah. But it's just the fact that you don't expect it. Right. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. No, and, I... and you're in the pitch blackness. So, you know, of course you're going to jump. <laughs> right. No, I get that for sure. Well, so that's so cool that you guys are having the Paracon at Fox Theater. Yeah. That's that's really, really neat. That's a location that I've always wanted to go and check out myself. And that's really awesome. So, Becky, for people who are interested in going to the Paracon, I know it's August 19th. Is there a way that they're able to purchase tickets or packages? Or how does that work? Yes, they're actually listed online now. They're live. The VIP, we have a feeling are going to sell out before everything else because they're very limited. You can get to the tickets through my website at TucsonGhostCompany.com, and I have an event page, or you can go directly to the event website, which is Paracontucson.com. Remember to keep that date, August 19th, in your heads. And yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm so excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's really cool. So Chris Williams, that's a huge one. And then you said you have a um, a few other people. Are there any other speakers that you're allowed to mention right now? Or are you just kind of oh, keeping them under your hat? Yeah. We actually have it out. Everyone's on our website. Uh, you'll see who's there. It's, it's The Bigfoot person is Joey Green, I want to say. Um, and then there's a speaker named Paul. And I'm not going to try to say his last name because I know I would be horrible at it and butcher it. <laughs> <laughs> and I respect people too much to try that. <laughs> There's also going to be Debbie Branning, Linda, and again, I'm not going to try to butcher her last name. She's from Vegas, and she's coming down. I met her when I did a Paracon up in Eureka, Nevada one year. Mm. So very excited to have her come down from Vegas. And then Chris Williams is our main one. We're having Jeff do UFO stuff. And then we're going to have, I'm, I believe you're familiar with Mercedes Benedict. Yeah, yeah. Mercedes is awesome. She's been on my podcast and I've been on hers as well. She's awesome. Yeah, Mercedes is going to be one of the speakers. I work with her. I'm the paranormal team that is continuing to do the research on her property. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, so I, I know she doesn't mind when I talk about that. I know when it comes to a lot of residential cases, you know, we don't say, but Mercedes is doing a documentary on it, so I know she's fine with that. <laughs> right, and yeah, she actually, I believe it was a part one and a part two episode with her, and yeah, she she definitely gave us an inside look and so many details about her property and all that's happened there, and uh, yeah, definitely. Well, that's really cool. It sounds like a neat lineup for sure. Wish I could go. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I am so excited, yeah. That's awesome. Now, before we end this, Becky, I want to hear about your podcast, Everything Under the Moon. Yeah, the podcast is something that I had taken a break from because of, you know, the COVID reasons and everything. 
before COVID, I actually did one called Mysteries Explained. And that was just, again, it fell into my lap, not something I planned on doing. I got a phone call one day saying, hey, you want to come do this radio show with me? And I was like, do you want to interview me or something first? They're like, no, just come do it. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Knew nothing about podcasting, knew nothing about radio, nothing. And I go and I'm co-hosting this. And after two shows with the guy, he's like, okay, it's all yours. Wow. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And I'm in the studio trying to figure out how, what knobs do what, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm failing. <laughs> but it started on a local, like little, well, it was an internet thing, but it was like this local person that was doing a internet thing here and the podcast started there, but we didn't fit into that program. He was a lot of um, like heavy metal rock bands and stuff is what they promoted. So a paranormal podcast didn't really fit in, but they were nice and let us stay there for a while. And I ended up moving networks to a paranormal actual podcast, you know, network. Yeah. And we did Mysteries Explained for a while. But one of the things I noticed was that we never explained any mysteries. Oh, no. (laughs) And we ended up off subject all the time. Like we would not, we, we would be all over the place all the time. So when I took a break from the podcasting, I decided, you know, I want to come back, but I want something fresh and I want something to where if I get off subject and I talk about everything, it doesn't matter. And that's when the title kind of clicked everything under the moon. That's cute. This way you can talk about everything and they don't, you know, expect it to be anything less. Right. No, that's, that's awesome. And that is a cute title. When you first gave me the information, I was looking through it, and I was like, that's a cute name, Everything Under the Moon. (laughs) Yeah, and I do that right now. It's every other Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, and it airs on Spreaker on the web network, and it also airs on iHeartRadio. I'm not sure if it's anywhere else. I know he was trying to get it on other stations, so I'm not sure if that's happened yet or not, but I do know those two for sure. And for now, it's every other Thursday. We're probably going to go weekly in the future, but for now, I'm keeping it at every other Thursday. In fact, we'll have a show this Thursday, and uh, we're actually having Mercedes on the show this Thursday. Oh, nice. It's a lot of fun. I I, I love just, you know, talking about whatever, so. Right. No, that's cool. And that's the beauty of having your own podcast. You're the boss. You can do it once a month if you want, and you could do it once a week. (laughs) Yeah, definitely very neat. Well, Becky, I really appreciate you being on and we'll definitely have to do it again. When I'm in the Arizona area, I'll let you know. Maybe we can do lunch, maybe catch an investigation, do something. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be awesome because I know you come here. So yeah, whenever you're in town, just let me know. Yeah, will do. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. What an awesome gal. And again, I just am so honored when she asked me to be part of her very first annual Tucson Paracon. And hopefully next year we'll see. Either way, I'm looking forward to hearing all about the Paracon and how it went afterwards. This week's special city shoutouts go to Tualatin, Oregon, Barrow and Furnace, England, Dracut, Massachusetts, Winter Haven, Florida, and Hudsonville, Michigan. Thanks, everyone. As always, I appreciate every single one of you. 
Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others. They are all fantastic. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to fret. You can binge listen right now by hitting up any of those podcast platforms such as CastBox, Overcast, Castomatic, Apple Podcasts. Basically, wherever you may roam to hear your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowlers podcast lurking in the background. Big shout out to Becky once again for joining me and be sure to check out her podcast, Everything Under the Moon. And if you are in the Tucson area, August 19th, please be sure to check out the very first ever Paracon in Tucson. Thanks and we will see you next week.